You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Super Bowl week, baby! I, I don't know if we can use that word, but we're definitely going to talk about the Super Bowl. The Eagles and Chiefs going at it this Sunday. Uh, so much to talk about around that. We've already talked about LeBron and when he breaks the record. Whether it's tonight as we record the 7th of February as he takes on the Thunder, or whether it's Thursday when they take on Milwaukee, he's going to break it this week, so... There's no need to talk about that. We've already talked about the greatness of LeBron James last week. So, there's that. So, we're only going to talk about the Super Bowl in this episode. We're going to give our thoughts. We're going to give our score predictions. We already know who we're leaning toward. Whether we're thinking with our heart or thinking with our head, I think we have the same pick. So, instead of that, we're going to switch things up and give a score prediction and an MVP prediction. So, we're going to talk about that today. So, Jared, let's start. Basically, with the Super Bowl, Jared, how do you think that this game goes? And who do you think that this a win is more impactful for? Does it impact Philadelphia and Hurts more long term? Or does it impact Mahomes and his quest to, you know, chase Brady? Um, I have, I have time. I mean, I have the Eagles winning. I was about to say Tom Brady. That's crazy. I have the Eagles winning. I think it's more impactful for Jalen Hurts because of like all the negative connotations around Jalen Hurts. This is just the, like the non-belief, the he can't throw, he's a lesser version of Lamar Jackson, the why pay somebody if he can like because he's not really a winner, et cetera, et cetera. Like they say he has the intangibles, but what does it come to when it comes to quarterbacking? And well, look at where we're at this season after just what off of a soft rebuild. We're now back in the Super Bowl five years later. It's really crazy to even see this hindsight 2020 and just like Jalen Hurts has been playing phenomenal football. He looks like he's going to get better and better potentially each year with the Eagles. And if he wins the Super Bowl in his what second year in the NFL, I think that's just like magnanimous for the city itself because he gets to see that this guy is like, we brought him in second round pick. He's worked hard. He came off the bench. He took the starting job from the quarterback. And now he's just like, he's literally at the precipice of being the best quarterback in, at the end this season because you won the Super Bowl, essentially. It means you outdueled Patrick Mahomes, who's right now already being called a Hall of Famer, already being called the next GOAT or the better than Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. So I think it'd be the the highest you can achieve is like him winning would definitely be the the goal, the highest thing you could do, especially going against somebody like Patrick Mahomes, who right now is literally the oldest quarterback to have made to be in the playoffs, which is kind of astonishing at this point. But it's just it's crazy just to see that. But like uh, the other side is like, yeah, if, if Mahomes wins, like, yeah, it's it's huge. Like Mahomes won losing Terry Kill on an injured ankle because you know he has a high ankle sprain, which is is, is rough to play through. We're gonna probably see some penalties here and there that we're not gonna like during this game, Chris, because we saw what happened when we took out Brock Purdy. I don't know if they're gonna let it slide a little bit. Some of these calls, like they're, we're gonna see a rough in the past that we're not gonna agree with throughout the game, but. 
I think if he if he wins this one, it's, it has a little bit more significance because of the fact that the adversity that he's going through this season, how he's been, the weapons that he's had just haven't looked what he's used, what we've used to see for the Chiefs in that high octane offense. Like it's been a little bit different this year, so I, I think it still had it holds value, but I, I think for Hurts, it just had it just has so much more because there was never any negatives against the Chiefs. Like if we're being honest, people still pegged him to win the division or at least make the playoffs. People still thought Mahomes was either going to he might have dropped off a little bit, but they there was the, the side that believed he was going to drop off because he lost to Rick Hill. Or there was a side that believed, oh, that Mahomes is going to become this brand new, what he is kind of now, most like dependable, most efficient, have higher numbers quarterback because now he has to spread the ball around. He can't just throw the security blanket in to Rick Hill down the field. He's going to have to show versatility in his game. He did that and then some this season. Yeah, he put on what some are arguing that he's the MVP of the, the NFL. So it's like, I don't, I think the magnitude really is more for Hurts if Hurts gets this win. I think the magnitude, just the just the, the amount of slurpage that's going to happen to Hurts if he happens to win this game, like the amount of because like you think about look, think about the way they talk about Mahomes now, whether it's fair or not, they they think Mahomes, you know, his SH don't stink. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all about. He's he's like whether he's the face of the league, you know. I get it, whatever. But they're gonna never, ever, ever, ever stop talking about this if Mahomes wins this game. They're never gonna stop with this comparison to Brady. They're never gonna stop with the with the, uh, you know, can Mahomes get the seven? Like seven is such an outrageous number that it's even it's unfair to anybody trying to catch that. That's not normal. Like that is not normal. And I think the idea of you know they've are they a lot of people already have given Kansas City this game. A yep. lot of people have already except for Vegas, but yeah, the media has. The media, no one talks about Hurts. No one talks about the Eagles. No one talks about how the great wild, this team is. The wildest I, thing to me is like you know if he wins, right? Mahomes wins. Let's say for instance he wins. All of a sudden, then the Eagles get looked at as being one of the best teams in football that year. We'll yeah, because it's, 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 it's used to prop up Mahomes. It's used to prop up Mahomes. I guess that's the, that's the real double entendre. It's oh, Mahomes was hurt. Mahomes didn't have Tyreek. The defense wasn't that good. Stuff defense like that. ain't that good. The offensive line is amazing. Hurts is just along for the ride. Sirianni's just along for the ride. And I think that's un, that's unfair. Like you can't have you can't have it both ways. They can't have elite playmakers at their positions, and also not have you know, great coaching. Like, talent without coaching is, is you know, there's a difference. And there's a clear difference between this team year one under Sirianni and Steichen again and, and year two under Sirianni, Steichen again. And like, this team, you know, I know they, I get it. They they added A.J. Brown. They added C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They added Hassan Reddick. But those are three guys out of, out of 53. Like, a lot of the core of this team is still there. Kelsey, Johnson, Mangata, you know, uh, Sayamalu. These guys have all been there. Sanders has been there. Hertz was there. You know, these guys have grown together. This core has been together. Now, we talk about what, you know, who may not be here next year, and you may not have Bradbury here next year, and you may not have Miles Sanders here next year, and you may not have Sayamalu here next year. He's looking to, you know, they, they say his market is very high and looking to be you know, the highest paid guard in the league. Now, you have, you're going to have to replenish the ranks. Is Whether that's 
Gangwell taking a you know, next year's step or uh, whoever filling in at, at right guard next year, whether it's Jack Driscoll or whether it's, you know, somebody else. So now you have this idea of how does this team look in the Super Bowl? And we're talking about this game as one game. And a lot of people were mentioning the, that Chiefs game where the Mahomes played in Philadelphia, but that was two years ago. You know, that is a different Chiefs team. That is a way different Eagles team. And Hurts had a great statistical game. But the Chiefs pretty much just – and for the, for the most part, the thing that doesn't get talked about about that game was the Eagles offensively are nowhere close to what they are now. Nope. The Eagles defensively are no – that Eagles team is nowhere close to this Eagles team. And that Eagles team was in that game for three and – you know, three and a half quarters, and Kansas City just pretty much ran away at the end. They front, they front run as usual, but the Eagles themselves are extreme front runners. The Eagles are front runners. You don't see them down too often. You don't see them have to. Come, they don't have to come back. They take the lead, and they usually keep the lead. So that can give me some pause here because if if for some reason this team is down, can they come back? And the answer to me is yes, because they've done it multiple times. They did it. Uh, they were in it, you know, at Washington. They they lost that game, but they put themselves in position to, to go and win that game at the end. They did it at Indianapolis. They won that game. They 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 snatched a victory from the jaws of a defeat. Like, that. they had that game lost, and they won that game. So they've done it in the past. Now, I'm not saying Washington and Indianapolis is Kansas City. Not by any means. But to just look at the mental fortitude of this team and look at the mental fortitude of this quarterback. Like, he mentioned it himself in the press conference. A lot of people did not want Hurts in Philadelphia. Dude, we a and reporter apologized to him. But the the reporter was a the reporter was a Cowboys reporter from what I'm assuming. Or what, I, I, what I'm hearing. I don't I know he, he was, was just in Arizona. He said he said, I didn't think you would be in this situation to win a championship. I'm the sorry. guy is the guy is a is a Cowboys beat reporter, so I'm not surprised at that. But there was people in Philadelphia who were like, "Why are we drafting Hurts?" And it wasn't like it wasn't anti Hurts. The situation itself was dumb, and the Eagles put themselves in a dumb situation. It worked out, but it's still dumb. Like they pretty much, they it's like the equivalent of like. You went around in a circle just to get back in the same – like, you you didn't need to do all of this to get to where you were. I guess they kind of saw the writing on the wall with Carson Wentz. Maybe they thought they needed to get up out of that contract. Maybe this doesn't happen if, you know, the what-if game, what if they traded Wentz after the Super Bowl and just kept fools? Who knows? But the fact that the Eagles are here now with a guy like Jalen Hurts, who's been in national championship games, who has been in big games, who has you looks like he has the, the the greatest mental toughness in the world. Like he says all the right things, he does all the right things. You can tell he's not he's not new into the moment. He's not daring headlights. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not scared. He's not scared. And that was an argument that a previous great Eagles quarterback had on him in big games is that he was a choker and he was scared. Hurts in his second year, I, I don't think 
not that I don't think they don't have anything to like. They're not playing with house money like they did in 2017. Like everybody, 2017. Like I don't nobody believe you. Like, like I mean, I was riding for us, but nobody yeah, but like, the, the confidence that I have as an Eagles fan in 2022 compared to 2017 is it's like, different. It's like, like it's, it's like, a good percentile. It's like, like it's a good like, percentile different. It's like, it's crazy. But it's just the roster is just totally exactly, just shifted. Exactly. Like, but it's going to be a good game. It's definitely going to be a good game, and I'm definitely going to be nervous. And as Jared has mentioned in previous uh, podcasts, I will be indulging in some beverages. Oh, yeah. I'll say what I'll be. I'll be taking shots of the Julio throughout the game. Listen, I wasn't, I wasn't going to name no names because, you know, we're still looking for sponsors. But Hey, they want to sponsor us. I'll be taking listen, some shots. Listen, Julio. Give us a call. But because uh, the game's gonna be a nail biter. Julio Jack, you know. My go-to's. But uh, hit me up. It's definitely gonna be a nail biter. Jared, so that, that brings me to my to my question here. Give me a score prediction. I have it at 30-27 Eagles. Cause I don't I love the Eagles defense. I just feel like it's always in a Super Bowl caliber game like this, high octane offense. It's gonna go to. It's really just gonna go down to your offenses and what the what the offenses can do. I'm not saying the defense won't make plays. I see Mahomes getting sacked. I see Hurts getting sacked. I can even see a pick or two. But when we just talk to a game like this, where let's say the Eagles come out of the gate swinging and they get the first touchdown like they've been in their past two games in the playoffs, the Chiefs is a team I can know that can make the they can make the play to come back and score again. You know, they 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 out of the teams we played so far, they can come scoring you right back, and then it becomes a game of chess where. Where does where does the defense really draw the line? And that, that's why I think it's going to be a, a, at least a field goal to win the game. I could be wrong. It could be a potential blowout. I don't see it happening, but I, I see a field goal being where it really stands. I, I have it as a close game as well, but I don't think it's a field goal game. I think <laughs> I think this is a two possession game. Philadelphia wins. That would be great. I'm just I'm praying no OT. That's I the think, only thing I'm praying for. I think this is I think this is an opportunity where the Eagles have the advantages where it matters the most. Like, I know the, the Chiefs have an advantage at maybe tight end, not as big as people want, but would like to make it out to be. But nah. an advantage, yeah. Yeah, quarterback advantage. But every other position, the Eagles have an advantage. Even special teams. Like, I know the Chiefs The Chiefs have Harrison Butker. The Chiefs have Jamie Gilliam. I, you know, they're very good at what they do. Brett Kern's been very shaky, replacing Aaron Sipos in moments. Jake Elliott's been, you know, automatic. Has never missed a field goal in, in the playoffs. Harrison Bucker has had the yips at times a lot this year. Would that come into play? Um, would you see? Would you like the thing is like with the Eagles, right? They're 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 great pass blocking, but they're great run blocking. And I know Chris Jones is is a monster, but there is no second wave for the Chiefs. Like it's Chris Jones, it's Frank Clark, and it's everybody else. For the Eagles, their second wave is Linval Joseph and, and Dominican Sue. And then don't forget Jordan Davis has been don't getting some nice Jordan playoff Davis. snaps as well. He's been getting don't some nice snaps. Don't forget Milton Williams, who made great plays. Don't forget God, like they their their rotations on defense is very deep. And I think that that's gonna come into the play where Kansas City, Kansas City can't move forward. You know, we, we talked about these Eagles run defense. That hasn't been an issue. Nope. Like ever since that 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 Indianapolis game hasn't been an issue. Eagles we know can can rush the passer. Will they will they you know get burned on a couple of short underneath passes? Yeah, definitely. 
Will they, will they, you know, Kelsey be open at times? Yeah. But I would, I would much rather the Eagles not get beat trying to blitz and beat who they aren't versus trying to come out and play a completely different game than, than what they what they have gotten him to this point. You know what I'm saying? What has gotten them to this point. I think they need to stick to what they know, do what they do, do what they've been doing, and I think they'll have some sort of success. Yeah, because let's be realistic. This is not the best receiving core they've seen in the playoffs. Like If we're being honest, that 49ers receiving core is better than what the Chiefs have. But Adebo Samuel and Ayuk and a Kittle, just the quarterback's totally different. Again, exactly, and that's, that's the point. That's the point. This is I the think the only thing you read. I love what we have in Gardner Johnson. I love what we have in Gardner Johnson. This is the best quarterback they've ever faced. Yeah, we've ever. Again, that's not really saying much, knowing that who we were going to play the first round was Daniel Jones, and, well, and but that's but does that does that not make does it not play into what you think how this game will go? They they're not. No, no. That's why I think that's why I think it's going to be close offense. Kansas City. No, absolutely. I not. think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. A, 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 I said two. I said two possessions. I'm thinking more like nine, ten, because they were down ten to San Francisco two years ago. Mm-hmm. They had been down in Super Bowls. Yep, and they made a comeback again. They a made lot of it comeback, and they got smacked in versus Tampa. Yeah. And what did Tampa? Oof. Well, that was Tampa, offensive line was different too. What did Tampa do? They put they pressure pressured. They pressured Mahomes. They didn't have tired game. They didn't have to blitz. They did it just to. I mean, they did it, but they didn't. That old line was so depleted. You you just, you you were able to run amok with them. So, but I, I mean, the old line I think is better for the Chiefs now, but it's not like vastly better in my opinion than what they've had in previous years. So you have a shot. I think Chris's argument goes more to who my Super Bowl MVP winner is going to be, whereas my argument could go to any offensive player. Like if you say Jalen Hurts, like if you if Chris it was to go Jalen Hurts or Mahomes is MVP, I can see it. My Super Bowl MVP is Hassan Reddick. I think he could follow the Aaron Donald trend when it comes to what he could – or Von Miller trend or what he could potentially do on that football field and cause havoc. We've seen it all season. We've seen it in the playoffs. I think he should – not even easily. He should be one of the frontrunners, like the Bosa, for defensive player of the year, and it's unfortunate that he's not, knowing that he's had 17 and a half sacks throughout the season. That's I think that's a little bit ridiculous, but it is what it is, but – this guy is playing phenomenal. He's literally getting to the quarterback two to three times a game. He's averaging, what, I think, two and a half sacks in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to change against the Chiefs. I still think he's going to get a sack or two. I don't think that Mahomes is going to go out or anything like that. I don't think we're going to take him out like we did Brock Purdy, where Brock Purdy just got a concussion or he hurt his elbow when he got tackled. But Mahomes is going to get sacked. And I can see Hassan Reddick maybe sniffing a two and a half sack game four tackles for loss or something like that, where he, where he has a big game. He's, he's going to be huge for us like Von Miller was back in, when he won the Super Bowl MVP. And if, if something like that happens, I can see Hassan Reddick winning it because the, just, just the, how uh, much of an anchor he's been on that defensive line. Like it really – it used to be how we used to say the defensive line ran through Brandon Graham, right? Like if Brandon Graham got the first sack of the game, then Fletch follows suit, and then everybody else start eating as well. Right now, that's Hassan Reddick's game. When Hassan Reddick gets that first sack with that first tackle for loss, the running back, whatever he does, it's like clockwork. Josh Sweat starts to eat. Flash starts to eat. Brandon Graham starts to eat. Kazir White's coming out of nowhere making big plays. And then then in the secondary, Gardner Johnson's that guy making plays where then Darius Slay and Bradbury start to get alive and more involved. But Hassan Reddick's right now is like literally the focal point of our defense. 
Like with him at the helm at that right linebacker spot, playing on the edge, he's been huge for us. And I just think he has a very real shot of winning the MVP. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna follow suit and give you a non-quarterback answer as well. If I had to put money on who I think would be the Super Bowl MVP, I think it would be AJ Brown. He's, I mean, it's about time. He's been clamoring for one of those legendary games. He had a lot of flashes. Think about this, though. You want to talk about the the weaknesses of Kansas City's defense? Their secondary has three rookies on it. Their secondary has, I mean, I know Legereus Sneed has been, you know, playing very well. But you look at A.J. Brown, you look at Devontae Smith, you look at Dallas Goddard. The Eagles have options across the board, not to mention Sanders and Gangwell in the backfield. If Hurts wants to run it himself, I think that this is setting up for one of those A.J. Brown all-time Super Bowl, you know, like 9-10 catches, 100 and some odd yards, touchdown type of game. I think that type of game would get A.J. Brown considerable MVP considerations. I think that for – because we're both, we both are. This is, you know, very pro Eagles. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, Jared. Mm. If if there was someone from Kansas City you had to pick as a Super Bowl MVP candidate, not name Mahomes. Mm. And I'm also going to. And man, I think the easy answer there is Kelsey. But try to give me somebody that's not Kelsey. Who would I'll you say you, uh, could be Chris Jones then for Kansas City? Chris Jones, then. If it can't be Mahomes or Kelsey, it's the only other person I can think. Ah! Chris Jones, yeah. Chris Jones. That means that's how dominant of a force he has to be, me for me personally, to really stop Hurts from, like, doing whatever Hurts does. Like, you know, running out of the pocket, making the throws where he's pressure enough where the throw is just not getting there. Because, like, in that 49ers game, when you watch the Eagles, some of the throws that Hurts was on were on the money, but he was pressured a lot because Nick Bosa was there. Armstead was there. They, that deep Fred Warner was coming through. If anybody's doing that, it's Chris Jones. He's gonna make that pressure. He's gonna he he's gonna torch somebody. I don't see it happening against a Kelsey, against Elaine Johnson, who's playing banged up, by the way, but hasn't allowed a sack on his side this yet in this postseason. Has a lot of sack. That's kind of crazy. Knowing that he's got a I think it's either a bruised rib or a torn groin. I think it's both. Phenomenal. My lot has been playing good. So again. That'll be like the one player I can say. I'm like, okay, this guy's dominated us. He's gonna, we, he's gonna win MVP. That's the only other person I could think of that can really like win an MVP for this team. That's not Mahomes. I'm gonna give you a, a kind of a out of the blue, out of the box kind of pick. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. He went through McKinnon, a crazy. Wow. He, he went through a crazy stretch in the regular season where he just was just picking up touchdowns everywhere during every game. They use him a lot out of the backfield as an extra receiver. He can get the ball out the backfield as a runner. They do a lot of creative things on Kansas City's offense. I think that they'll try to find ways to get him involved the same way that the Eagles kind of use ways to get Gainwell, Sanders, um, their other weapons involved. McKinnon is kind of their Swiss Army knife kind of thing. So I think if there is anyone to get a lot of scrimmage yards, maybe it's you know a big run here or a screen pass here, maybe a little cheap touchdown to go on, whatever. I think McKinnon would be that guy. So if there, if it can't be like if we put these qualifiers on there, that's my pick, Jared. You, I know what you're going with your pick. We've given our score predictions. So I'm going to ask you this: if 
if the Eagles win this game, and let's say whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens, the Eagles win this game. If you're Howie Roseman, do you immediately give Hurts the bag? Yeah, you have to. And I mean, they're already in talks. I think even if we lose, you give Hurts the bag. But it's, I think it's the precedence now set that if Hurts wins, you have to pay him because you can't let him walk. Franchising tagging franchise franchise tagging him is disrespectful. It's you 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 have to set the precedent that one you're all in on Hurts if we win the Super Bowl. I don't I don't I'm not saying that it's guaranteed you go to another one. I'm not saying it's guaranteed that you continue to dominate the East that you do because there's going to be ups and downs through any football season. Injuries can happen, but. When you look at how young he is, well, he's only like 24, 25 years old. It's only going to get better with age. Like, and I'm not, I don't know how other people rank their quarterbacks, but in my eyes alone, young quarterbacks like this don't hit their like quarterbacks don't hit their prime in the NFL until they're at least 28. And then NFL quarterbacks primes go from what 28 to I would say 35. That's the NFL quarterbacks prime. So Hertz hasn't even gotten to that point yet where. When they hit their prime, that's when you know they're at the height of their talent. He knows where his throws are going to be. He knows where his back shoulder throws are. He knows how to. He knows how to read the pocket. He knows how to read the defense. It's so much better. He's still young and doing that. This guy's only two years in, and we're in a Super Bowl, so you you have to pay him the money now. Because if you, and especially with High Rosen, who's a very good contracting whiz, if you work at the contract right, it's not going to like it's going to hit. It's going to look like a big one at the beginning of the years. But as the seasons go by and the cap starts moving and it's more fluid because every year CBAs and cap goes up, Hurts' deal is going to look better than most. So I think you have to go in, especially if you win the Super Bowl. You have to go in on Hurts. I agree with you. Whether they win or lose, they need to pay Hurts because, A, you have to now start jumping. You have to start jumping the gun of the Burroughs, the Allens, the Lawrences, the other top-tier guys. The Herberts, like you need to start jumping these young guys. And the thing is about Hertz that all these other guys don't have. If he wins this, if he wins on Sunday, he has a ring. Burrow mm-hmm. doesn't have a ring. Herbert doesn't have a ring. Allen doesn't have a ring. You know, Lamar doesn't have a ring. Kyler doesn't have a ring. You know, like all these guys that's going to end up that's now due for these big money contracts. Dak doesn't have a ring. like all these guys who's gotten paid or will get paid or are in line to get paid, Hertz is going to, if you end up waiting, you're going to end up paying more. So if you need to give him, and here's the thing about, like, people wonder about, like, guaranteed money. Like, why would you give him guaranteed money? Why would you give anybody a guaranteed contract, whatever, in football? If there's anybody, barring injury, that is mentally equipped to be the face of a franchise at 24 years old, it's got to be Jalen Hurts. He's already proven it. He's already proved. He's already done with the. He's already dealt with the controversies. He's, he's already dealt with the, the the incidents. He's already dealt with the you know the the noise and the whatever of being a franchise quarterback, of being a franchise quarterback since he was at Alabama. Because you know, believe it or not, Alabama's pretty much an NFL franchise. Like they pretty much run themselves like an NFL franchise. When they were asked how you got prepared for this moment, Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts both pointed to their time at Alabama. It's a legitimate professional franchise. They're on TV as much as as NFL teams. They're held in, you know, at least internally at Alabama to be held at NFL standards. They're coached by a former NFL head coach, longtime NFL assistant. 
They have NFL coaches and pedigree all through that program. Hertz has been, you know, coached up by Lane Kiffin and Sarkeesian. And, you know, it, it, this is not that far from – like, college and the NFL, yeah, there's a difference. But the way everything is set up and structured and what he's asked to deal with and what he's asked to put on his shoulders is not that different. You just want so, the better version of him now, and I like exactly. what you see now than what he was in exactly. Alabama. Exactly, but you've also seen the progression. He's also willing to work, and he's also willing to get better. And I don't think that if you give him the money, he's just going to become a lazy bum and no. press and do nothing. Like That doesn't seem like that's his character. His mentality is too hungry for that. Exactly. So that's what I love about him. So it's like you have to pay him. And I think that, and I think that a lot of times on the national stage, people underestimate Hurts because of, oh, he got The benching. Yeah, the benching. Oh, he... Oh, he, you know, oh, you know, this team was already good, and he just kind of stepped in and didn't mess it up. Okay, you can you can make that argument for any great quarterback or any great team that oh, the quarterback doesn't have to do as much because this defense is good and they have a run game. Is that the point? Is that not the point of Elon Manning won two Super Bowls with a great defense? Exactly, and Elon Manning won two Super Bowls with a great defense and a good running game and timely throws. You telling me Jalen Hurts can't do that? Shout out Peyton Manning as well. <laughs> in the end of his career, I, I seen Peyton, the corpse of Peyton Manning got a Super Bowl ring because of a great defense and a running game and made timely throws. You telling me that Jalen Hurts can't do the same thing? That's all we asking for. That's what we're knocking on wood for. That's all we asking for. Because you, tell, you telling me? Are you telling me wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, that you don't see that you can't see Hurts putting a game together? Sirianni putting a game together, re-blowing another big game. I got – how many times have we been down this road? Now, I know that a lot of Andy's misfortunes have been overblown at times, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. Will he call a dumb timeout in the middle of the first half for no reason or a dumb timeout in the middle of the third quarter or a dumb challenge and now they're down one timeout going into a fourth quarter where they may need it? You know what I'm saying? Like we've we've seen this story before. We've seen how this thing plays out. Will Mahomes' ankle be as, you know, like let's say, and I'm not saying this is what's gonna happen, but I'm just putting it out there for conversations purposes. And Dominican Sue has always been known as a player who kind of crosses that line, steps on that line. Who's to say he doesn't do a little little tug at the ankle, make sure it's okay? Who's to say that Chris Jones doesn't do a little push on the shoulder, make sure you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the hurt shoulder injury, I get it. The Mahomes ankle injury, I get it as well. But you, there is no team that's 100% healthy at this point. Like, there is nope. no player that's 100% healthy. So, like, I get why they're asking, I get why they're asking Hurts about the shoulder. Supposedly, it's still sore to the touch, whatever. But there's no doubt in my mind that that guy is going to come out there on that stage and not be intimidated by what he sees. I'm excited to watch it. I'm hopefully excited for the outcome. It's going to be either super exciting or just heart gun wrenching. I will be in Philadelphia for either one of those reactions. So we'll see how it goes. And you will be. Okay, absolutely. I'm not not about to be in my city oh. for a potential for a t- potential Super Bowl win. I gotta be on Broad Street, sir. Well, I gotta be on Broad Street. Well, with that being said, if you are hearing this and this Eagles have won the Super Bowl, meet us on Broad Street. Jared will buy you a drink. Um yeah. Right, Jared? 
I will no, do no such thing. I'll be bringing my own drinks to the party. Oh, all right. Party at Jared House. Again, I don't. I do not know about that. <laughs> you, you, uh, you no, 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 no. You no say. You no say. All right. Well, there's nothing much else to talk about. Like that's. I it. mean, there really is. But what, what else, Jared? What else we want to talk about? Your man's was traded this week to your team. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You see, that's crazy. I forgot about that. We did mention this because uh, you know trade down is Thursday, Chris. Like they, you, did. We did mention this with uh, Sergio a couple episodes ago, episode 130. And we did mention that Dallas needed to make a move. I didn't think it would be this move, though. Like, I, 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 think, I think we had uh, Kevin Borber on when we're, I was talking about. Like, he would bring it up about uh, who would work with Luka. And I was like, I could see Kyrie going. He was like, we both said it. He was like, yeah, Kyrie. I'm like, you'd hate it, but it could work. I don't. I, the problem is with Kyrie, and I get My, it. The problem is when does when does the bomb drop? When does when does the Kyrie, you know, the third eye open and it's just like pandemonium in Dallas? Like again, the trade itself, like him demanding the trade, was just so out of the blue. But it wasn't that out of the blue because again, you hear that they've been talking contract negotiations. But that's his track record. That's his track record. Well, that trade was what Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith, who I like, and you do. And then a first round pick for Kyrie, which is like, wow. You got, I think, again, I'm not saying that's the equivalent of what a Rudy Gobert trade was, because it's not, but those are two good players to go with KD, who you, you're expecting now to what? Stay with this team until the end of the season? I mean, because you can't, I don't think he gets traded in two days. So he has to stay with the team until the end of the season. I think KD's gone, though. Well, he already had requested a trade. Yeah, and then reneged on it. Who was to say he didn't already request another trade? I just there's no way it gets done in two days. Like Kate, Kevin Durant, like you can get Kyrie for a first. Kevin Durant's way way more than a first. Kyrie thing was was percolating. I mean, I don't think the Kyrie the Kyrie thing I don't think was that percolating because remember this this trade would have happened. The Mavs would made this trade a minute ago. I, I, if if we're gonna say no, we were trying to wait to see how the roster or the team was gonna look. We knew as soon as Brunson left, this team wasn't gonna look much better. It was here's, gonna look pretty. Here's good. here's my I'm not that's not what I'm arguing. I'm saying. The Kyrie trade demand happens, and then how long before he was traded? A week? Not, not even like three days, I think. I think like three days because he announced it on a Sunday, got traded on a Tuesday. That's three days. Who's to say KD is, has, hasn't already had these conversations? No. It's just, it's just not out yet. Who's to say he's not out yet? Because he's already he's already announced it before. Yeah, it's just where, where like, Kevin Durant, it's got to be to the end of the season. I, think. I don't think it's going to be blockbustering, right? There's already there's already a story out now that KD and the Nets have already met to see where they're going and what they want to do. Because what are they doing down? Hey, where do they go from here? Here's the thing: they're fourth in the East. For how long? Kevin Durant's out with what the MCL, whatever injury he has. It's, it's still pretty major. But will and that's they're going to lose? They've lost. They're on like a two game losing streak. Yeah, I, I get it. Cam Thomas is like throwing up. No, Cam like, Thomas is that dude, but I, they're the fifth seed now. They they gonna lose some more games. Exactly, they're the fifth seed and they're sliding, and there's no hope that the Brooklyn gets out out the East. Because wow. Chris, you you got you got faith in that man Ben Simmons to carry the team until KD gets back. All right, good luck. But I, here's my thing, and apparently uh, Ben Simmons no trade interest across the league. Well, we could tell, we could have told you that. Dad. I told you all that. But you look at this Brooklyn team and you look at KD's track record, 
He's already he's already tried to bail on him once. Mm-hmm. What was to say he doesn't try to bail on him again? Which it, it's it's a possibility and, again. And a team that was mentioned for the KD species before was Phoenix, right? Which is yeah, that's right. Disgusting. Hold on, hold on. Phoenix has already Phoenix already showed a willingness to trade for Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if KD not available, they're not giving up whatever they want. I, I wouldn't see why not. I, 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 if I'm the what's, what's keeping the Nets right now from going going trading KD for eight? Crowder, Chris Paul, and whatever, whatever else. First round picks. Mm-hmm. Kevin team, Durant at this point, team, I don't know. The team ain't great, but you. Oh, they gonna stink once they make the trade, bro. You now, now you have. I mean, theoretically speaking, for for for, for the purposes of the conversation, Aiton Claxton, <laughs> Royce O'Neal. Ben Simmons and Chris Paul. Uh, that's why they why they make that. I mean, remember that Spencer and uh Dorian Dorian Smith too now. I, I think I think Denwood is getting moved. I don't think Denwood is. I don't think Denwood. I don't. You can't trade him again now. It's too late. You'd have to move in the offseason because uh, now the trade's been finalized. You got to wait uh thirty days or something like that after a trade's been done. Yeah, you got. They got rules. They stipulations against trading the trading. Uh, I don't see. I don't see Denwood being there for long. I mean, you could trade KD to the to the. The yeah. Trailblazers, which is what Dame wants. He'll be a buyout, actually. Who? Ah, I mean, he could. I don't think you no. buy him out. If K, because I think KD has to stay to the end of the season. More importantly, though, I think Kyrie and Luke could work. In my opinion, I think it could work. But here's the thing: even if KD, I mean, even if Kyrie walks in the offseason, he's going to LA. Here, if he walks, hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. Even if he walks. Dallas gets up off of Dinwiddie's contract. They don't have to pay Fenny Smith. And they have, yep. a, they have a next slot. This so, goes back to my argument like, that I told you on Borba. If they have another max contract slot, they can pair somebody with Luca. And you didn't can they? Him, and they didn't give up Christian Wood. Can they? Let's go back to my argument, actually. Can the Mavs bring in a star player? Because they've never had a perennial all-star or free agent signing. Unless they, if they have to trade, for, I, I guess if they unless to, they made trades, they've never brought in a guy a free agency to come in and say, "Hey, I want to play with the or I want to play on this team." I don't know what it is. I don't know what's like. I don't know what's well, going on well, internally, but nobody goes and signs there. Kyrie, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Does Kyrie change that perception if he's like, "Yeah, I love it here"? If he signs, yes. But if if he says, "I love it here," which you know he's lied about, but he did in Boston, he, he did. lied. Kyrie, Kyrie, famous liar. So it's like, it, it, unless he signs the dotted line and signs a two-year deal or whatever extension they give him, I don't have, I don't have this face value. I'm not, I'm not about to be a free agent that's gonna get that wants to be there a long-term deal, and then I'm not gonna go sign somewhere where I'm gonna be unhappy because I'm not saying playing with Luca's the problem. I'm not saying that the coaching with Jason Kidd's the problem. It might be something in management that nobody wants to play or ownership that nobody wants to play for Mark Cuban unless like you he, either you've been drafted by him. And then you start to get to know him as like a, a human being or a person, and then you start hearing stories as other people leave, or something else is going on. Again, this might have been the Carlisle effect, right? You you heard the rumors about what happened with Carlisle, what he did with Dennis Smith, and how like he was the reason why Dennis Smith didn't really work out, even though him and Luca like were looking kind of good together, but they like never really gelled. Him and Luca had beef. No, uh, yeah, yeah, Carlisle and Luca had beef. Remember, Carlisle kind of was one sparking the beef between Luca. And Porzingis, so it's just like maybe that whole, maybe the reason why don't nobody wanted to come in at the time is because of the Carlisle effect. Nobody wanted to play under Carl because that could have been just Raj Rondo. Raj Rondo was 
blatantly honest about why he didn't like playing under Carlisle, that might have tra- that might have been a train reaction effect for why nobody wanted to sign with the Mavericks. If that's the case, things could be changing now as the culture has been shifted and Jason Kidd has done a, a magnificent job as a coach. I could be wrong now. But as of right now, just off of the facts that we've seen, nobody signs there. So right now, making that Kyrie trap thing was great. Okay. Works out. I think they have to make one more trade, in my personal opinion, either a buyout or one more trade. Who? They have to. Who? They need to shore up a starting center position, in my opinion. They have to shore up a center position. Well, who do they go get? Andre Drummond. So if Andre Drummond. So Jacopo. Is Andre Drummond. So they don't. But do they have anything to give up for Pearl? Do they have anything to give up? Drummond. I, you can give up like two second round picks for Drummond. Drummond is cheaper, yes. Yes. So, but is Drummond an upgrade over Christian Wood? You will still start Christian Wood. Because Christian Wood had remember, Christian Wood's been playing the four anyway. So you're gonna start Wood at the four, Drummond at the five. Yep, because it was a stretch anyway. And whoever at the three, I'm doing Kyrie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luca at the three. Luca, because Luca, I mean Luca's at the three. But you can still have Luca at the three, like LeBron's at three, but he runs point. It, 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 it just for lineup purposes, right. you just line have Luca at the purpose. three. Okay. Because right. now they playing deep. Like again, the NBA has changed. Defense is not going to be zone. Whatever. Dallas, I mean, but Dallas plays defense. But this is better to me than listen. Listen to this lineup out loud. I'm allowed to give you Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr. Still the same three. Still the same. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, uh, Luka Doncic, Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood. I don't like that. That sounds disgust. That sounds atrocious to me. And if you don't have Reggie Bullock start, you're then running Christian Wood the four, Dwight Powell. And no offense, to Dwight Powell, but we we've seen enough from him to know he's not a starting caliber center. At at at, at, at a point in time now, you have to move off of him. I'm saying Andre Drummond because I know he's cheaper. Yakapoto, it could potentially be available now because I think yeah, the Spurs but, are all in on the Webin Yama. But what would Pirtle? Like, what would you, they, if the asking price is two first round picks, if you're down, no way you're getting two. First why picks are you giving Pirtle. up two first round picks for Pirtle? I, I hope that I hope I hope nobody's asking for two now, first round picks. Now, for if, now, if the if if the if the conversation was different and it was two first round picks for Vucevic, okay, then how about go get a Daniel Gafford? I, I like that young starting center from the <laughs> Wizards. I like that. I can, I can name what, some bigs that would be what, helpful. What is Washington doing? That's a good question. What is like? What is this? I heard. I, that, I, I'm hearing rumors that Porzingis is on the trade walk again. Side note: Before we go back into that, Cam Thomas has just dropped another 40 point game. That's three straight 40 point games. I don't think that's been done since LeBron or Kobe. Like, that's crazy. Or Jordan. That's crazy. Three straight 40 point games. I think they're either tied with the Suns or they're losing to the Suns at this point in time. But you want to talk? You want to talk about why Steve Nash got fired? Because he never played Cam Thomas. Oh, but the Wizards, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I know the Wizards are making moves to allocate cap to keep Kuzma, Beal, Porzingis, and then, you know, whatever else they're going to be doing, right? But those are the three. Those are, that's your, air quotes, big three, right? Have fun being in ninth place. So I don't know what the Wizards do, but that leaves Gafford as an odd man out. I'll tell you what they do. They stink. That's what they do. You, you got like the I think the Mavs just need to shore up one of because I like the bench that the Mavs have right. If you consider me saying you move Powell to the bench, Chris, because I don't think Javale McGee, I think he's just out the odd man out at this point, right? They have a Josh Green there, I believe that's his name. They have Jalen Hardy who's been playing very good basketball. You have Reggie Bullock who can then come off your bench, right? Those are three guys right there. Those are your two, those are your two way guys. Those are your guard, right? Those three. Then you bring in a Dwight Powell off your bench. 
That's your nine-man rotation if you want to throw in another power forward or buyout player, sure. But they got there has to be a way you could bring in a starting center somewhere. Some guy that's just going to be your defensive anchor, rebounding rim protector, right? And that's what I think the, the perfect fit for them is just Andre Drummond at now, this stage of their, at, at, at what they have for the team. Before it wouldn't have worked because of how Luka played the game and they needed a five-out situation. But now you kind of have to because you need somebody to pick and roll with Kyrie. You need Kyrie is a spot shooter, which works out perfectly. But Luka still needs somebody that's going to be able to play defense. Because there's no defense across the board right now when it comes to the guard and the now new wing position of where Luka's going to be at. I'm not saying Luka doesn't play defense. Just he's not going to give you 100%. Dude's 100% offense. 100% playmaking, 100% rebounding. So it's just like you have to find somewhere to just off-shift the balance. And if you're not going to be giving JaVale McGee minutes, Dwight Powell and, what, Davis Bertans cannot be your solution. Yeah, I agree. That's just, I mean, Dallas has Dallas still has work to do, but I think they're definitely in a, in a more advantageous spot than they were before. The trade deadline is crazy because, you know, Russell might get traded too, Chris. I guess we're doing a trade deadline Super Bowl episode now, but the trade deadline is crazy. You know, yeah. Russ might get traded to the Jazz. Potentially. I've been talking about this all season, but you're looking at a potential Conley, Vanderbilt, shaking my head because I love to see Vanderbilt in a Sixers uniform. Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley for Russ in a first or something like that. Why would the why would the Lakers give up a first? <laughs> Them guys stink. Why would they give up a first? I have no idea. I'd rather have why? Russ. I'd rather just pay Russ the $48 million. Just give Just let Russ be the highest paid six million ever. Beasley, I get it. I, whatever. Beasley, I get it. Vanderbilt. He's a shooter. Whoa, Vanderbilt is not staying. Bro, in the context of the NBA, bro, Vanderbilt is inconsequential. <laughs> I mean, he's not great, but he don't get any minutes no more with the emergence of Walker Kessler. In, if you can't beat out Walker Kessler, what they say about you? Walker Kessler is nice, though. And we can, let's not disrespect Walker. Walker Kessler, he's really, he's literally Rudy Gobert, which is crazy for that. Again, Timberwolves trade, but he's literally Rudy Gobert. So you were beating him up. Is Vanderbilt better than Thomas Bryant? No. Then why make the trade? You need a – he's better than Wayne Gabriel. But why would I take this loss and give up a first-round pick I'd rather play Wenyan Gabriel. The difference between Jared Vanderbilt and Wenyan Gabriel is less, less <laughs> than the difference between having a first-round pick in 2020-whatever than giving that up. They that have no ca- If I'm giving up any first-round picks moving forward, it's got to be for somebody who is a difference maker. Kyrie Irving, and they, they didn't do I'm, it. I'm sorry, and that's, and that's kind of a reminder of how Houston traded Harden to the to the Nets and not the Sixers because that's where he wanted to go, but that's an old different conversation, right? If I'm the if I'm the Lakers, if I'm giving up Russ and I'm giving up a first round pick, I'm doing it for more than Utah scraps. I'm cool. Tell Danny Ainge, I'm cool. Other teams that are on the market right now. The Raptors have they're having an open season. If your name is Fred VanVleet, Gary Trent, or Ojin and Obi, you're available Go ahead. with an asterisk Go ahead. around the available. Go ahead and hire some movers. <laughs> I mean, they're they're available. You know, I'm an OG guy, Chris. Get your pass. I, I, I hope he stays. Get your pass. Hope, hope he stays because I would hate to see him in any other room and not name the Philadelphia Sixers again with Jerry Vanderbilt. Who like Jerry Vanderbilt? Jared, why do you have these love affairs with these bums, dog? They're not bums. Jerry Vanderbilt is any player. 
Jerry Vanderbilt is better than Montrezl Harrell, and we need a backup big. That's not saying much. I mean, it's saying a lot. He's 23 years old. He's not declining. Like He's only going to improve as the, his career goes on. Harrell is just there to balance out the hair portfolio for the Sixers, all right? We need something better than that. I need a rebounder. I need a rebounding shot blocker. And Vanderbilt at 6'9 with a 7-foot wingspan does that, which is crazy to me, but he actually does that. Why not have him off your bench instead of playing Montrezl, as the Sixers fans call him? I don't want to see that no more. I'm tired. We don't play B-ball, Paul. Did you know Ferk on Court Moss has demanded a trade from Philadelphia 76ers? How do you feel about that? I would, too. (laughs) If If I had to watch... Doc be asleep on the sidelines every every night. I'd ask for a trade too. When I guess I, I think I think the nail in the coffin hit when he watched his counterpart, yes, counterpart, Evan Fournier, come off the bench for the Knicks, who was probably his last game in the Knicks uniform, but drop a calm 17 on five rate shooting from the three point off the bench. And Corkman's watching like, I didn't do that. Why can't you play me? It the demand part was crazy to me, though. They can't play. They can't play Furkan Korkmaz because Korkmaz has no defensive skills whatsoever. They will cook Korkmaz. But congratulations to Korkmaz being traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, that would be, you know, that would be like such a pain to know that the Sal- team has, he'll still be on the bench for Isaiah Joe. Like, that's even worse. Salary dump. Sorry, dope. With all that, Isaiah Joe's there just looking like, oh, you're shout, here, huh? Shout out to former Sixer Matisse Thibel. Former Sixer? Yeah, it's been a good run. Oh, uh, you're already out on Matisse as well? I'm not out, but I feel like I feel like I can see the writing on the wall. I, I got three guys I think are going this trade down for the Sixers, and that's Jared Springer. People don't even, a lot of people don't even know who that is. Forgotten Kirk Mons because he's asked for himself out. And then my sleeper one. Is B-Ball Paul. I think B-Ball Paul might get traded this off this uh, trade deadline. Listen, I-, I like Paul Reed, but he can't be the backup big. I'm sorry. He should be. He should be the backup big. Nope. Jared, he gets cooked. So he does Montrez. play offense. It is worthless. <laughs> worthless. I like Paul Reed, but anytime you need him to do anything consequential, he fouls. He's fouling every. He walks on the court with three fouls. Listen, man. All I'm saying, Jared, rep, rep, please. Let's let's wrap this up. Let's. No, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm done. How <laughs> you want to close the show, then, Mike? Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend to trade Paul Reed. Um, <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> it's available on all your favorite social media platforms. That's at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW. Definitely follow the podcast. You know, always a great episode. We got more coming soon for y'all. The final Hemi 76 lock of the week brought to you by 721 by DSC for the best food. Yes, I said the best food. In the Philadelphia Tri-State area, make sure you hit up DCL Catering. It's at DCL Catering on Instagram, www.dclcatering.com. Jared, as always, trade Paul Reed. <laughs> Let's get straight to the point. And trade Paul Reed. <laughs>